What's up, everybody? It's your Draft Queens. Hi. We need a theme song. Draft Queens. Draft Queens. Do you think we could do like a, a mashup of, or some sort of like a remix of... I'm sure we could. I think we're creative enough to do that. That's my phone ringer, so I'd love to also... No, it's not. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding Also, who has a phone ringer? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's really true. <laughs> I don't even know what mine sounds like. It's always, it's always on vibrate. Anyway, that was a pretty good impromptu singing session uh, we just had there. Yes, yes. How are you? How are you today, Michelle? I'm, but I'm great. Are you ready to go into week 11? Oh, this is I where need, we're at. I need a turnaround. I need a major football, fantasy football turnaround, and I'm just hoping that it happens in week 11. Well, Lucky we sh- number 11. We should tell our listeners how we're feeling today how are we feeling i feel tired i'm exhausted i actually feel tired i'm exhausted from not just life but also purging my waivers and trying to (laughs) find we will get to the defense that we streamed this week the both of us but good god yeah it's like really scraping the bottle of the barrel i'm tired i feel like week 11 we're deep in in most leagues um playoffs are going to start in probably like three weeks <gasps> which means like if so our show is pivotal right now like if you're in your top whatever usually it's like eight or so teams make it like if you're in fucking make sure you stay on it mm-hmm. if you're not in you get on it yes exactly <laughs> exactly so it's it's definitely becoming a little more stressful and a little less fun are you cusp right now are you on the cusp in one league i'm in sixth so i would make it because i'm six out of eight okay in the league we play in i am i am out side of the cusp no yeah man i don't know but i started so strong i started so strong you did did. we were in both leagues now i'm on like a like a three game losing streak Mm. i I don't know if it's like the i think it's for me it's the combination of the bye weeks and i get so waiver antsy that i make too many moves you make a lot of moves i make a lot of moves Mm -hmm. sometimes it's for the better sometimes it's for the worse you are a diligent competitor so We'll see. I, let's just, everybody, cross your fingers. Week 11, turnaround, transition week for QB Sneaky. Uh, yeah, I think you, you got this QB Sneaky. Okay. From, I think I'm on the other side of the fence as you, so You're I... You're on an upward trend. So I, I'm like, I'm sticking around the like number three through six spots. Okay. Fairly consistently. You're middle of the pack. I like it. I'm number four right now. There you go. The only thing I don't want to do is choke. <laughs> Don't fuck it so up. Th- do not fuck it up, is, fuck what, it up. is what we're trying to do right now. So I don't know. Weird fantasy week, but we'll get into it later in the show. More importantly, we've got a really important segment today. We do. We're going to get, we're going to do our regular, you know, ranting, raving, stardom, sit headlines, but we're going to make it really short and sweet today. As short as we can and as sweet as we can. Because, because just like us, because... Kate, we sat down and talked to Tim freaking Hightower. I cannot believe that this angel gem of a human decided to come on the show. What a guy. Amazing guy. Amazing career in the NFL. Super insightful. Mm-hmm. Super just, I don't know, very uplifting conversation to talk to him. Like yes. from, from what he's done, you know, from his college career to what it was like getting drafted mm-hmm. to some of the incredible players that he played alongside and what yes. that, you know, taught him up until what he's doing today. He's, he's a dad. He's out there, you know, uh, working on people's wellness and well-being. And I just... We want to make sure we give you guys everything you want for your weekly, you know, episode, but we want to get to Tim's part of this show as fast as we can today. Yeah, yeah we, we absolutely do. And he also has some interesting playoff and Super Bowl hot takes. It's true. It's true. We did, we did a little gambling with, uh, with Tim and I think we'll have to, we'll have to phone him back up when it gets to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I think we'll have him on the show again at some point, but you guys need to hear this interview. What a guy you're going to love him. We love him. We got off the call with him, this video chat. And I felt like 10 times lighter. I know like 10 pounds lighter, just a really nice guy. Really, really great dude. So we're going to talk NFL with uh with tim but before we do that should we uh should we get into the huddle let's go all right guys so it's another week we have another huddle we're back 
I love the huddle. I love the huddle too. What a, what a smartly named segment. What a cute little segment that we came up with. Just a little sweetie segment. Cute little huddle segment. (laughs) It's going to be great this week. You guys know the deal. We have 60 seconds on the clock. I currently have it on my phone. Well done. We're just going to read through the biggest headlines of the week, or at least the eight biggest headlines of the week. I just love going through all the headlines and (laughs) some of the ones that we decide we think are newsworthy. (laughs) Like, I mean, think about it. We talked about the black cat for an hour last week. The black cat, we can keep talking about it if you want. Is, I, are there I'm, any updates? I don't know. He's so cute, though. But the post the post on our Instagram that you put up, epic. Really, really cute. For those of you that didn't hear the black cat episode, you should go back and listen to it because it's funny. It's also, saga. go look at the Instagram post. Oh, my God. It's such a cute little black cat. We'll have to come up with updates for next week, but... For now, for this week, do you want to just get right into it? And Let's we'll do, do it. we'll do uh, this week's weekly huddle. Let's so. huddle it up. All right, Michelle. In Give me three. my countdown. I gotta stretch. Whew, whew. Stretch it out. You ready? Shake it out. Okay, here we go. I'm ready. In three, two, one. Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins will miss at least six weeks after having surgery to repair core muscle. Ooh. Ooh. Notre Dame's sellout streak is expected to end at 273 games. That's a lot of games. Sad about that. Uh, man faces felony for vandalizing Joe Montana statue at Levi Stadium. Sir. The, na- <laughs> the National Women's Hockey League closed a new round of equity funding on Thursday. Get it, girls. Today. Giants Daniel Jones looks to trademark Danny Dimes' nickname. Paul George likely to make his Clippers debut on Thursday at Pelicans. Ah. Former U.S. international soccer player Landon Donovan has been named the coach of the United States, no, sorry, the United Soccer League San Diego Loyal. Mm. Mouthful. Major League Baseball's investigation into illegal sign stealing is expected to expand beyond the 2017 Houston Astros and look into whether other teams, two seconds, including the 2009 Astros, use technology to aid their hitters. Wow. Wow, we really gave you a mouthful on that last one. But like... Well, can we stick with that one? Because Adam- first of all, good job us. Cause I don't know how you got through that last, that was more of, that was like a short story, <laughs> not a headline. <laughs> so well done. Um, but like I came across this one and I'm like, what's, what's up with this? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like sign stealing and just to be clear, because when I first read this headline, cause I did actually prep today for even one second before good job. going into the headline. So I don't sound like an idiot. <laughs> like I normally do. We'll do but, a bloopers reel of all these oh, things that we've said wrong. It's just, fine. There's too many. It would, the episode would never end. We're just humans. We're, we're just, just humans. We're Kate. just no crystal ball. No, no crystal ball. <laughs> um, but anyway, so sign stealing to be clear, we're not talking about like physically stealing signage. <laughs> Is that what you thought? I thought. Did you thought someone, yes. did you think someone like went to the field yes. and like, st- okay, all right. Yes, I did. And I, I am, did. I am outing one of my immediate family members who may or may not be my sibling. I'm not going to call him out, but <laughs> he has a sign that he inherited from my dad that was allegedly, maybe he just stumbled across it one day, but oh. anyway, so we have some of those. Some, We've stolen yeah, signs. Like some really cool signage from yeah. stadiums and stuff. Oh, so that's okay. So this, I'm not trying to perjure so anyone off. <laughs> no, so sign stealing runs in your family is okay, what you're yes, saying. Yes, but the which physical is, signs. Which is why this headline was very controversial <laughs> exactly. and confusing. I come you. from a okay. long lineage and <laughs> I come from a long line of sign stealers. So what type of sign stealing are we actually talking about so right we're, now? We're talking about the signs. I'm assuming that it's like catchers give the pitchers yes. or base coaches give their runners exactly to like or hitting signs. coaches or yeah. pitching coaches or the coach yeah yeah so if you're not like a baseball fan this was like my favorite part of playing ball this is hilarious this that is was awesome. my least favorite oh my part. god it's the best it's i the just best. wanted to go up there and like hit the ball and run and throw the ball and like i would screw the signs up all the time like mm-hmm. my coach would scream at me i'm like dude i don't I can't remember all those things. You were that person. I was that one. God damn it, Michelle. I was that person. God damn it. I hated the signs. Oh. I, there were like a couple that I <laughs> that I could that I remembered. It was, you know, but a lot of the time he would just be staring at like doing like, the sign. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't know. I know. Well, it can be anything from like the touch of a brim of a cap that yep. looks really subtle and you would never notice. I remember like when my catcher would throw down to me at first base, yep, yep. she would like adjust her chest pad, yep. which no one would ever notice but it was like those little yep those and there's usually like a cue Mm -hmm. right there's usually like there's one thing that's the cue so you wait for that thing and then what follows the cue 
is the actual sign. It, I think it's team-based. Like, yeah. what, whatever you... Some teams have verbal signs. Right. So if it's, like, I don't know, like, a sneeze or... We had a word, too. Like, really? if we said, like... Yeah, it's kind of like... Well, not like football. But if we said, like... um we would just call out a word and if yeah. it was a color it yeah. would be a certain throwdown play interesting if it was a um one of our um uh, like a city capital it would huh. be a different cutoff so, so you would the throw... password is Ex- exactly <laughs> yeah. so you knew what the, the category yeah. was so i don't know how they do it in the mlb but signs are really interesting and if people steal them you're fucked well you're really yeah scared. i mean that's a huge part of the strategy of the game that informs what a net, what the hitter might be doing it might inform a stolen base it could inform the pitch i mean there's a yeah. hundred things that it could tell somebody if they're stealing your signs well we're gonna have to keep this one close because i want to see what happens with major league baseball and sign stealing yeah how they track that evidence down maybe they'll have an update next week and we can I think huddle we should, about yeah, it yeah we should keep an eye on that one that's very interesting okay well we will come back to you guys next week and rehuddle. If you could see us we're giving each other signs right now yes exactly <laughs> and this is the sign to go into the next segment <laughs> yeah please <laughs> Stardom Sidham. We love Stardom Sidham. I think we do. We're really going to have to come up with theme songs for all of these things. Stardom Sidham. All right. That one's a little bit different than the first one. I think they're actually literally the same <laughs> one. <laughs> all right. Not- so here's some Stardom Sidhams for, for this week. Again, we talked about week 11 being a pretty pivotal week because we're getting real close to fantasy playoffs. Yes, we are. I'm sure there's been tons of injuries. There's been people getting benched. There's... Bu- all of the above. It's the most interesting time of the season. And for those of you who are sweating over there, we feel you. I am. I mean, you can only go up from here. I could actually lose my playoff spot. So <laughs> I feel you guys. We're in the trenches with you. We, yes. We, we're going to try and give you the best we can given all this shit. What's yes. going on? So before we talk about some week 11 stardom sit-ums, mm. I'm pretty sure I was extremely verbal in saying you definitely need to play Drew Brees versus Atlanta. I know. And what? come on, man. I, I have to follow up with Chris who initially submitted that question. I feel really bad. I feel I mean, I feel bad too for answering that question that way, but also I feel bad for myself because I had Michael Thomas and I was like, he's going to, he's going to have a huge week. I know. I know. But it was like, like, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Anyway, I apologize everyone. Yeah, it's definitely, not my fault. It's Drew's fault. It was definitely it's not, not a, it was not a Drew Brees. Kind this of is week. really that true. No crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a, it, like on paper. Yes. It made sense. I mean, Drew Brees had one of the worst games that I've ever seen him play. Atlanta. So anyway, sorry, everyone. We don't get them all right, but we just wanted to bring that one back up because it was kind of a shocker. Yeah, kind of a shocker. I had to revisit it. The other one I was hoping to revisit, as Michelle said, she was very vocal about Drew Brees. I was especially vocal about Aaron Rodgers, who two weeks in a row has barely hit double digits. I am pissed (laughs) off. I am, I am so mad. I am mad. I am <laughs> and they keep winning is the thing. <laughs> yeah. They keep winning. It's like he, Aaron Rodgers is just like handing off the ball. And well, that's the thing. See, speeding. I have, I have Aaron Jones, the yes, running back who's exactly. been crushing it. Yes, absolutely so they're winning games. It. He's doing great. But like Aaron Rodgers is on that come down from that 60 point game that he had or whatever. <sighs> right. Yeah. I mean, I got, it's funny because like I had such high hopes and I got smoked because Aaron Jones was on my team. Here's the thing. Every week is a new week. Yes. It's like it, there's so few players that are like consistent, consistent. Yes. And you can think about this a hundred which ways. Maybe you just never know what's going to happen. Yes, I know. Somebody please make me a t-shirt that says no, no crystal, crystal ball. ball. I think we have to get people on board to act. We'll start thinking about merch. Just think about, you know, going into the holiday season. We've got a couple weeks. Does someone need a draft queens t-shirt? It's going to say no crystal ball. Yeah. It's going to say that. All right. But anyway, we have some regrets from last week coming off of quarterbacks, but in the, in the essence of keeping this podcast light so we can get to this Tim interview. Do you want to touch on just like a couple standouts that maybe our good starts this week that couple, people should couple pick up. couple strong starts I think for this week. Yeah. Um would be Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, again, we're playing against Miami. Miami's been cleaning up their act, but you know what? It, Buffalo's been great. Yes. Um still bet against Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Until further notice. <laughs> lot, I mean, hey, yeah. They they yeah, it, yes. 
Josh Allen, start him. Okay. I think Jameis Winston could have a good week this week. Um, I think your boy Jimmy G might have a good week this week. I hope so. I do have to start Jimmy G, speaking of quarterbacks, and sitting Aaron Rodgers, so Jimmy G it is. Uh, I'm thinking, <laughs> we were just talking about this before we started rolling, I was gonna roll the dice with Baker Mayfield, but I think I'm just not gonna do that. It's uh, it's so frustrating to have someone like that. Yeah, he's playing Pittsburgh tonight in the Thursday night game. I was going to roll the dice, but Pittsburgh D's been really good. They really need to overcompensate on defense because their offense is kind of on the, you know. Do you know if it's in Pittsburgh? Is it at Heinz Field? No, I think it's in Cleveland. Mm, uh, okay. Interesting. I know. But I'm going to say I might, I and we collectively out there listening. Maybe yes. We, maybe we sit Baker. Okay. Okay. Fence um, one. Fence one. How about a couple of running backs? Well, I was admiring your running back pickup on the waivers this week. I will say I went in and I checked because I was looking to pick up Brian Hill. Um, he's Atlanta's running back. I got him before you. Good job. Thank I you. went in. I, <laughs> I was late to the waivers this week because like we said at the top of the pod, we're a little sleepy today. It's been a long week for extracurricular reasons. We went out on Tuesday night. It's true. It's a great time. It's true. Out until way too early in the morning. But I, but I was on that waiver wire. Yes. And you were up first thing and you grabbed him and then I missed it. So that's just too bad for me. It's it's fun like this late in the season though because as we've talked about like when there are these like pivotal moments, a lot of times like you've reviewed the waivers a thousand mm-hmm. times, you know who's on there, there's no one interesting and then this Brian Hill thing pops up, you know, with um, Devonta Freeman, you know, being injured, he steps right into the number one, you know, kind of position. Nobody has him. Mm-hmm. Atlanta hasn't even been doing that great so you're probably yes. not even really paying it that much attention to it. You know what I mean? So it's, that's when these moments become like really important that you got to get your ass on that waiver wire. Cause for me, I'm hoping fingers crossed, this is part of that like upswing that I need for week 11. Yeah. And I think he's also, if I'm not mistaken, I might be, but I think he's also the third, he's like their RB three. That's what I mean. So you're not even thinking about him. He's not, he's like one bullet. It's not even just Devon. It's not just Devonte. It's also this guy, Ito Smith, who's right. their RB2. Right. So we, it, let's see. Start him. I think if, if he was out there on the waivers, pick him up. Yeah, it's great. Lineup. It's a great pickup. It's a great uh, pickup. I who, like that one a lot. I think, who else? Anyone for running backs? Do you want to get into wide receivers? Let's do a little wide receiver action. Well, we have like a very definitive one. And this one is a little sad just because we Ugh. were we were bullish on Emmanuel Sanders. He now has damaged rib cartilage. He so, is not playing. So the crazy thing about that is like, oh, this is, oh, I can't even believe I'm bringing this story up because it's just going to make me mad. Oh, no. I literally was like very, very neck and neck in my league last week. Oh. Had Emmanuel Sanders playing in the Monday night game. Was feeling good about it. Mm-hmm. Was feeling good about it. He started off strong. He was amped up. I don't know if you watched the game. He was, I did. He was amped up. I did. I mean, that also, side note, that game was awesome. That was an awesome game. This, is last, this, was, this past Monday, it was San Francisco and Seattle. That was a great game. Amazing game. So I had Emmanuel Sanders. I felt good about it. He was pumped up. I was playing against Russell Wilson. We all Russell's having a hell of a season. Had a great game. But that to me was like, okay, I feel like this is decently matched. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm decently, yes. whatever. No. And then this rib injury happens. They're like, you know, I'm like, it, it, I hear them, the commentators being like, and Emmanuel Sanders goes to the lot. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. This is not happening. Yeah. But it did happen. And the interesting thing about this injury is what they say is, you know, like, especially with like a rib, I think it's like rib cartilage or something like that. Yes. There's not much you can do other than like rest and wrap him up. And it's like a pain thing. Yeah. So it's like, he could be out there moving around, but like one wrong move could put him in a ton of pain. So all of that said, keep your eye on it. I think he, I think he was limited practice this week. Who knows what's going to happen with Emmanuel Sanders. Yes. But that does open the door for um, Debo Samuel on, uh, on the San Francisco. Yeah. And, and that is, that's your pick for the week, right? He stepped, he stepped, he stepped up. So, you know, let's start him. Let's start him. Start him. Debo Samuel. I like it. I like his name. I like his name a lot. I think a sit him in the, uh, in the wide receiver category is uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I think the, the Eagles have a tough matchup this week against New England. Um, New England D in particular, their secondary has been extremely strong. Um, so there's a lot of conversation out there about, you know, just uh, the Eagles in general having a, a, a rough week. Yeah. Um, so I would say if you have Alshon, I, I had him for a while. I haven't played him. I got to the point I even just dropped him. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. That's very helpful. 
information. Michelle, then, thank should, you. Should we do a quick streaming D? Yes. Well, shall I set the scene for before we turned on the mics? <laughs> Kate was sweating, being like, I didn't, pick, I didn't pick up a D. I did not. Like I said, we had a big night. We went out a number of nights this week, <laughs> and we are a bunch of degenerates. And now, Basically. and now I'm feeling the heat for all the waiver claims that I missed. Mm. So I needed to stream a D. I still need to stream a D. Um, I just did it like a minute ago, and. Who did I pick up, Michelle? I picked up the fucking New York Jets. I think it's okay. This is like the conversation that I had with you a few weeks ago when I picked up the Giants. Like, I, I don't feel good. I, here's the thing. The one, this is what you have to sometimes think about, about the defenses. Okay. So it's not just about if they win or lose the game. It's about how, like, the, the Jets law, the Jets defense and the Giants defense like in that game last week there were a lot of points scored one team wins one team loses but but the defense like you're getting sacks you're getting picks you're getting like there's a lot more ways to accumulate points right and the Jets D has done that and they walked away with 22 points which is excellent for a defense I think think you're okay yeah we're gonna have to see I mean like we always say your odds are always better off if you're playing the Dolphins the Bengals (laughs) Or the Redskins. So. so funny you say that. I have streamed Oakland's D, who's playing Cincinnati this week. Oh, okay. So that was another one that I was on the waiver is going for. Oh, they- Oakland is playing Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. Can I do like a one-minute rant for a second? Oh, sure. I love that. Go for it. Uh, I wanted to <laughs> say this earlier in the podcast, but I'm just going to say it now because it's coming up naturally. <laughs> okay. Just for the record, in my Survivor League, which is, we talked about this last week on the show, but if you do a Pick'em League yep. where you do single elimination every week. Yep. I am in one of those leagues. Okay. Go listen to our sports betting 101 podcast if you have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> but in my survivor league, which is like pick them and done yep. every week, I'm down to like a handful of teams that are actually winning teams. Yep. And I have to win this week Uh-oh. because there are seven people left in this pool. The Jack, the jackpot jackpot sure yeah, the jackpot. pot is eight grand. What? And there were 400 people in it. And I'm, I am one of seven. Yo, and I have this up. Who'd you pick for this week? Oakland. I'm with you, girl. That's a great pick. Yeah, that's no, you're good. You're good. That's who it's going to have to be. It's Oakland at Oakland. In Oakland, Derek Carr has been playing well. Josh Jacobs has been playing well. Cincinnati, not that great. I think Cincinnati's playing like a rookie quarterback. Okay, great. I think that's good. I I think you're okay. Literally, I have chills on my I don't want to jinx you because like actually my husband in his uh, league last week. Yeah. Um, the Saints because oh, he was like exactly. oh of course yeah so did my know, boyfriend against Atlanta exactly he did the exact same thing and he he and he my pissed. brother we had like a little collusion going on <laughs> oh, because wait. we're just gonna split the pot five ways with a couple people oh I hope I, had, I can have some both do my I, brother do I get any for being your co-host sure yeah okay. okay yeah why not I'll buy you a new microphone <laughs> <laughs> don't use it all in one place but um, so my boyfriend and my brother both picked the Saints. They Ooh. doubled down on the Saints, oh. and they lost. We it's all had on your th- shoulders. We now. had three picks, but it also wiped out like ninety percent of the pool. Because when you think, everybody looked at that and said, "No brainer." Yeah, yeah, exactly. The other one was the Colts. It was the Colts playing Miami, and that anyway. This is a way larger side. I think you're in I'm good sorry. Shape. You're in good shape. Point being, I'm streaming their D. They're your survivor pick. Go, go Kate. O- go Oakland. Go Kate. Go Raider Nation. Yay. Okay, so I have my Don't Look Stupid pick of the week. Oh, I love this pick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I almost forgot to do it, but I guess this is a thing we're going to make a staple. Um, The Don't Look Stupid pick is, in a nutshell, people have been reaching out and saying, we don't want to look stupid in our leagues. So how do you not? So every week we have this Don't Look Stupid pick. The Don't Look Stupid pick of this week is Don't Start Gardner Minshew because the Jags are playing Nick Foles. Oh. Just a little word to the wise. That's a great call out. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Thank thank you you so much. I did a lot of research and I came up with don't play Gardner Minshew. You guys all know that he had a ton of press going into the season. It looks like keep an eye on him. Um, This episode's going to come up on a Friday morning. So just keep an eye on him leading up to Sunday. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be Nick Foles for the Jags. All right. There you go. Don't look stupid. Don't look stupid. (laughs) All right, I think that's strong stardom sims for the week. Everybody yes. play pay extra close attention. We're getting very close to fantasy playoff time. Yes. 
Kate will be back next week with another Don't Look Stupid. I will. They become increasingly more important every week. Every week they are. Nobody wants to look stupid. Yay. And guess what we get to do now? Let's, we got to get into the, We got to get into this Tim Hightower We're interview. We're going into a Tim Hightower segment. Ain't no way they can stop me now. because I'm on my way. I can feel my ring coming. It's the blood of a champion. Falling deep inside my veins. You must ride to me. All right, we've pumped this up all episode, and I am very, very excited for everyone to take a listen to our interview with Tim Hightower. We talked football, we talked family, we talked wellness, and we hope that you enjoyed listening to it. All right, what's up, all you Draft Queens listeners? It's Kate and Michelle, as always. As always. And guys, we have a very special guest today, the one and the only... Tim Hightower on the pod. What's up, Tim? Hey, Tim. Oh, thank you for having me. How are you all doing? Gosh, we couldn't be better. We, we couldn't be better. We're just, we're dialing in right now. I guess it's a, it's a Monday night. It's Veterans Day. We had the day off and we've been waiting for this interview, which we've been so excited about. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely. It's always good to talk a little football. And, and uh, like I said, uh, like you said, much shout out to all the veterans. Uh, big, big day. And, um, uh, so yeah, let's 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 get going. Let's, let's talk some ball. Absolutely. <laughs> well, for for those of you guys listening, I know this podcast is sort of it's geared towards people who love football. It's also geared towards people who are trying to get into football. It's apparently also geared towards spiders, and it's geared towards spiders apparently too. For those of you who don't know Tim as intimately as I know his background, probably more than most. Uh, you're coming from you are Tim. You're a spider, tried and true, and you've had an awesome illustrious NFL career. You're a running back for almost a decade in the league with the Cardinals, Redskins, Saints. Now you're in the health and wellness space. You're an influencer. So we are just so excited to talk all things NFL and beyond. So thank you again for being on the show. It's going to be a really, really fun time. My pleasure. My pleasure. So Tim, uh, Michelle knows a little bit about your background at UR. Obviously, I'm, I'm more intimately exposed to spider universe but michelle what questions do you have for tim about just like you are in general well tim this has come up a few times as kate mentioned but i'm just curious if the phrase caught up in the web means anything to you (laughs) caught up in the web um that's a great question (laughs) yes and no Uh, that, that, that may have come after me uh or maybe i just wasn't aware of it but you know being that i am a spider um, my my guess would be that it has something to do with just an opponent that we're playing, um, or, or something like that it has to do with an opponent when we we're beating an opponent or, or something like that. But I, I don't know the the exact uh, uh, translation. That makes me feel better, Tim, because I don't I don't know the exact translation either. Kate has Kate's brought it up under uh, under multiple circumstances, <laughs> and it just I, it's gone right over my head. So I feel like I'm in good company. You both spiders, but Tim's not as familiar with caught up in. I'm not as familiar. Working. Kate, help me out. Help me out. <laughs> Honestly, it's just I think it was maybe at the end of my tenure. So I graduated in 2013. Uh, so yeah, I think it was the, at the end of my tenure too. And they started when we brought on that new mascot. Have you seen that weird new spider mascot? Have you seen that? Webster? (laughs) Yes. I'm a little, I'm a little undecided about, uh, about how I feel about that. So I'll save my, um, (laughs) save my opinions. I'm going to do the same thing, but I think when they introduced the new mascot, they also introduced this new catchphrase. So that was just as I was graduating. That's about as much as I know. It's good. That's, you know what? The, my answers are now, uh, I'm good. Now I'm good. Yeah. My, okay, uh, for my, sure. my, my questions are answered. <laughs> but you also, so you are married to someone also from Richmond. Is that right? Yes. She unfortunately is a Ram, but oh. you know, a VCU Ram. So, but you know what? It's all good. You know, we keep the rivalry intense in the home and, and uh, we got Richmond covered. There we go. Yeah, I love that. And we were we were just on a podcast the other day as a guest, actually, uh, where we got to talking about someone who the host of the show is a Ram too. Okay. So y'all are everywhere. The people, th- th- this whole like this whole rivalry, these two schools. This this is everywhere. I'm, I've quickly learned. Go, yeah. Being Kate's co-host, I have learned there is a ton a ton of uh, VCU and UR conversations going on out there. Mm-hmm. I love it. But I remember 
Tim, when you got drafted back in 2008, so like I said, I graduated from college in 2013, which made me an 09 graduate of high school. So you were just coming out of college, I feel like. And I, I remember when you got drafted distinctly because everyone thought Richmond was the coolest because you were going to the Cardinals. <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> you know what? I did not know that, but that, that makes me, uh, you know what, that, that, that there's some pride in that because when I got to Richmond, uh, I didn't. People asked me, man, how did you get to the University of Richmond? And mm-hmm. I said, man, I was fortunate. I didn't. I didn't. No one else wanted me, right? I didn't have any other scholarships, so <laughs> I took. I took pride in that, and I wanted to. Um, I, I kind of came in there with a chip on my shoulder that I was going to take this opportunity, run with it, uh, pun intended, and, uh, <laughs> and and man, put the school on the back. I, I wanted. I wanted to be have some pride associated with the University of Richmond. Um, that's good to hear. I appreciate that. Well, how did it feel? And I mean, it's a it's an awesome feat because I know just rattling off a couple names, but more recently, like the Carrie Wins, who I was a was one of my classmates, and then Kyle Laletta is now with the Eagles and formerly the Giants. But coming from a a sleeper school, if you will, who isn't necessarily like a football. I don't know, like doesn't churn out NFL players all the time mm-hmm. for sure. How, how was that coming into the NFL from somewhere like Richmond? Uh, you know what? It, it was, I think the good thing about it, I think it is just that, that work ethic that you did, you know, and, and not taken away from the, 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 the larger SEC and the ACC and all these mm-hmm. other um, conferences because they work hard as well. But it's a different mindset because, you know, to get to that level, you got to be that much better. You got to stand out, you, you know, so even when you're preparing for it and, and the years preparing before you get to the NFL, you're thinking about your workout and you're thinking about, okay, when I finish my sprints, when I finish my lift, I know these guys are doing that much more. So I have to do that much more to prepare myself. And so just you, you get into that type of mindset and it carries over when you get to the next level because mm-hmm. you're already prepared to try to outwork everybody who you're around to make sure you stand out. Um, the thing that there was a bit of an adjust- adjustment is it, it, it's the difference in the competition level, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where it's, you know, at, at this level, it, it may have been a few guys on each team, whereas the next level, and you know, at those levels, it's, you got a whole team, right? Where mm-hmm. Instead of being three or four guys. So the competition level is, is um, was a bit of an adjustment. But because you're so used to putting in extra work and having to prove yourself, um, I feel like it gave me an edge and prepared, definitely prepared me. Tim, I'm just curious because obviously I've never sat in this position, but like what is what is draft day like? Like what did it, you know, now kind of talking about, a, you know, the transition from, you know, college ball to, to the NFL, like what is what is all that moment, you know, sort of feel like, like the anticipation building up to it as well as sort of, you know, knowing what that next phase of your, you know, your life and your career in football is going to be. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Man, it is special. Um, it's, it's special. You know, there's no way around it. Just this, the word that comes to my mind is special. It's, it's something that for me, I started playing in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. So most guys, whether it's earlier than that or shortly after that, you've been doing something and dreaming of something your whole life and understanding the reality of most people don't get a chance to live their dream. Right. And you know, you're fortunate. And so it's like, man, you're hours away from doing that. All of the hard work, all the sacrifice, typically you're watching it with people who have been there from day one or, you know, along the, along the journey. So there's people are excited. So it's just a special day. Um, You know, you're nervous, you're excited. There's all this mix of emotions and to hear your name called, um, Man, it's just like this rush of emotions from it's like you want to cry, you want to jump, scream, excited. <laughs> you want to you want to get back to work. You know, it, it's it's all of these mix and flood of emotions, kind of like you know all at all at once. But it's like immediately and shortly after, you understand how rare the opportunity is. I know for me, it's like man, the next day I wanted to get back to training. I wanted to get out there and get to work because mm-hmm. you understand that all the work leading up to prepared you for this moment moment mm-hmm. but at this moment everything that you do from this point on will give you a chance of success and to prolong that uh opportunity as long as possible so um but it was definitely special that's incredible i can't even imagine and i mean so you you got drafted in 2008 
you went to the Cardinals. Is that right? Right. Correct. And so when you went to the Cardinals, you were behind, I mean, legends like Edgar and James, for example. I mean, can you talk to us about some of the teammates you played with and like your first year in the league and beyond sort of like the influence you had or, or some of your teammates that instilled some important things for you? What was that like? I can't, I, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes but it, <laughs> or your cleats, I guess, but it's just unbelievable. You know, you come in and it's almost kind of like that, you know, you're being, you're a freshman all over again, right? So right, you go right, from being right. a big man on campus, college guy, everyone's telling you how good you are and, you know, all that good stuff. The next thing you know, you're a rookie, you know, be seen, not heard kind of thing. Um, and you're trying to figure out, you know, what, what's left from right, your playbook, how to be a professional. Uh, so that learning curve all over again. But fortunately for me, Edron James was the first guy who embraced me. Somebody as a kid who, who looked up to him. I watched him with the Colts, um, watched him have the success that he had. It was somebody who, who I was very well aware of and, and uh, had a great deal of respect for. And I remember the first thing he did was he grabbed me. He said, hey, he, he could tell I was lost. I didn't know what I was doing. He said, I got you. I'll look out, <laughs> out for you. He, he handed me his helmet. He said, don't forget my helmet every day to practice. And, and other, <laughs> other than that, we'll, we'll, we'll be okay. And uh, he really taught me the value of taking care of your body. You know, the biggest thing that you got to learn, and this is, this is, this is, you're a professional now, right? So every decision that you made, I saw how he put people around him to help him uh, perform at a high level. And then watching the, the Larry Fitzgeralds, watching the Kurt Warners and Anquan Boldens, those guys were, they were professionals on the field, but off the field too. And so mm -hmm. as a young guy, that's what I came in. I came into a high level of professionalism from my teammates and them teaching me, you know, whether it's sharing their therapist, who they worked with, some of their recovery regimens and foods and, and the way they went about setting up things. Um, I ended up signing with uh, Larry Fitzgerald's agent shortly after. Mm. So getting a chance to learn not just how they practice at a high level and how to have consistency, but how to take care of your body to have longevity, which I didn't know was going to serve me well four years later, having a career threatening injury able to, you know, learn from a lot of those lessons, lean on a mm -hmm. lot of those lessons that I learned from those guys early on. I mean, it's such like, it's so interesting again, like not having obviously played in, in the NFL, but it is so much about like finding that right group of people that have, you know, similar beliefs to you, people that you can look up to. And it sounds like luckily for you, you were able to surround yourself by a handful of incredible folks that are, like you said, it's not just on the field, you know, how these, how these guys are performing, but it's, it's all that off field, off of the field stuff that probably is almost equally as important to what's happening, you know, when you're out there. I would say off the field is, I, I, man, I'm, I'm a student of, of, of people who came before me, just great athletes in general. And Mike Tyson was someone who I studied. And I remember him saying that what hurt him in his career is when the outside the ring stuff started to catch up mm -hmm. inside the ring. Right. He said what, what happens outside the ring always catches up to what's on the inside of the ring. And so and from my own experience and from the experiences of, of guys around me, it's the off the field. You know, you don't get to this level if you can't play ball. Right. We all can right. play ball. Um, but it's the family and, and the and, and the distractions and the money and all of these things that are just at your disposal now um, and in in excess, you know, how can you stay focused and how can you put people around you to help you stay focused so that you can perform at a high level year in, year out? And so um, those lessons are invaluable. Did you find anything, Tim, that from your perspective that was most helpful or one piece of advice that you would take away for for any of the kids coming into the league, what did you take from the Larry Fitzgeralds and the Edgar and Jameses of the world to sort of pass down to them? Or do you have some words of wisdom? Two things. A is the people who you surround yourself with. Um, that was the hardest, one of the hardest thing. I love my family, man. I love my boys and my friends and different things like that. Mm -hmm. But, and so it's like that fine line between it's like, man, you're a professional athlete now and the consequences that come along with your actions are, are a lot more severe than the people mm -hmm. who you're hanging around. Mm -hmm. And so just being very conscious of that, you can't do everything. You can't hang out every place that your boys hang out. You can't do all the things like you're in a different, it's like understanding, like making that transition. Mm -hmm. It's like, you. it's like, God, I think other guys understood it and I understood it. Like when you want to take advantage of an opportunity, right? When you want to get, get in line at a popular club or a restaurant or something like that, mm -hmm. you take advantage of the perks that come along with it. But also the understanding that there's sacrifices 
like that come along with it and, and, and being very vocal with those early on to the people around you, your friends, family. I can't hang out tonight. I can't go here. Mm-hmm. And they're not they're not going to understand it. Right. They're just not. They've never been in that situation. But you have to protect your image. You got to protect your livelihood. Um, so making sure you surround yourself with people who can help you go where you want to go. Right. Advisors and different people who have had success in life and who can properly uh, just kind of guide you because you just don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from being an 18, 21 year old kid, not paying any bills and no responsibilities. And next, <laughs> you know, you're a professional athlete and you're expected mm-hmm. to be this mature guy who knows how to handle finances, who knows how to hire people, who knows how to make all these great decisions. And so putting people around you that can guide you. And then secondly, um, and very close to it, um, Edron James taught me, he said, there's no greater investment your first few years that you can make outside of your body. I don't care what mutual fund, what stock, what real estate, piece of real estate, your body, if you're healthy every single year, you're going, you're going, it's going to guarantee you more years and longevity Mm -hmm. in this career. And so investing in your body, um, whether it's sleep, whether it's training, whether it's uh, 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 just food and, and therapists and different things, when you're able to invest in your body and your body is able to give you a, a great return, as in productivity on the field, that those were the two biggest things that um, lessons that I took away and that I would share with with anybody. I mean, I think those are two super valuable, valuable lessons, especially considering, you know, uh, things that kind of go on in the league now. I think, you know, keeping your head right seems to be, you know, your head and your body, as you're saying, uh, are extremely important if you really want to, uh, you know, to take it uh, as long as you can. And kind of switching gears just a little bit, um, we we had an episode earlier in the season where Kate and I just got, got to talking about what numbers we wore on our jerseys throughout you know our sports careers which were not that it. long but you know <laughs> but I was, we but weren't I was... quite as good as you Tim <laughs> so we're talking like middle and high school hey you know but... what we I, I got some trophies at home I got some trophies at home. there you go there you go <laughs> but but we were chat we were chatting a little bit about that so I'm kind of curious like what numbers did you wear throughout your career and and which ones you know if any held some kind of special uh meaning to you yeah so um so growing up I didn't even I didn't I didn't even watch football. Um, I was oh, a basketball wow. fan. Okay. And, really? Uh, okay. Who's your so team? I was uh, growing up. With, I mean, it was the Bulls. Come on, MJ. Oh, <laughs> God. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 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 Who love the Bulls in the nineties? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm an eighties baby, so you know. <laughs> um, but uh, so I started out with number twenty three, right? Because I wanted to be like Mike. Who didn't want to be like Mike? Hey. <laughs> um, but then as soon soon after that, when I started playing and really playing football and actually watching it. Emmitt Smith was a running back who I who I looked up to, and so I oh, was twenty two yeah. all throughout um, high school and college. And but when I got to the NFL, my favorite running back was actually Walter Payton. And okay, so when yep, I got yep. to the Cardinals, they gave me number thirty four. And so for me, I just felt like it was, um, you know, athletes are very superstitious, and just you know, we have our own mm-hmm. things. But 100%, um, yep. so I'm like, oh man, this is the sign. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is my favorite <laughs> running back, thirty four. My favorite number is seven. Three plus four equals seven. Oh, see, ah. yeah, see, everybody has this this little story behind their numbers. Thirty four became like that was between Walter Payton and three plus four equals seven. It was like the you know seven is number of completion and perfection. Yeah. It, it, it was uh. it all worked. It all worked for me. I love that. That's amazing. That's so full circle. I'm gonna have to send you a picture of me in my Emmett Smith jersey that I that I still have from okay. when I was a kid. Do you there actually? You well, funny, funny aside story. Also, as an '80s baby, and I loved the Cowboys when I was a kid. Who did it? When I, I I was probably like 12 or 13, so I was bordering like, is Santa real? I don't know. Do you wait? Is, do you still still think Santa's real at 12 or 13? I think I did, and. <laughs> and and my mom somehow, like, all I wanted for Christmas was an Emmett Smith jersey. And she was just like, You're, okay, wow. you might have to think of something else. And wow. I was like, if, if, if I get an Emmett Smith jersey, I'll still believe in Santa. And somehow my mom pulled it off. So I was, I was still like, oh, maybe, huh, maybe. The, the, and I still star, have that jersey. jersey. Oh, hell yeah. I love it. There you go. Classic. Oh, I love Still that. got it all these years later. Do you think that was your first jersey that you've ever had? Honestly, Besides, like, like playing Little League, like someone's jersey that I really wanted? Yeah, probably it was. Tim, do you remember what your favorite jersey was, or do you think it was Mike, 23? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I was thinking about the Little Giants uh, 
Spike, number 23. <laughs> he had the Emmitt Smith jersey. Uh, but uh, <laughs> probably, yeah, prob- probably Michael Jordan or Deion Sanders. I also, I, I like Deion Sanders. His, uh, oh, Neon, I, I tried to wear a band. I don't know how he pulled that bandana off underneath his eye. <laughs> how did it stay under his it helmet? It was uncomfortable, man. I tried it so many times. And I'm like rubbing my head and it, it just was uncomfortable. I'm like, Deion, to this day, I don't know how he pulled that bandana off under his helmet. Um, so either primetime or, or uh, Michael Jordan. I love that. Love that. Well, speaking of taking it back a little bit and not just favorite jerseys, but favorite moments. So Michelle and I did like a little bit of not like, I mean, it's our job to do a little bit of a deep dive and know what we're walking into for an interview, obviously. But then, but then we go down the rabbit hole of watching old tape of old games and we just sort of spiraled down a couple of (laughs) rabbit holes. So I think we have sort of one of our favorite clips of you um michelle what do you think yeah i mean we we came across a a video i think it was uh willie sneed uh was was throwing you a touchdown pass off a flea flicker uh which is awesome i personally love a flea flicker i think we we did that all the time as kids (laughs) you know out on the on the playground but i mean that was one fun thing that we that we came across and we were just kind of curious like you know either that or i'm sure there were plenty of other kind of like special moments but like what what are some of your like highlight reel moments that you have that was, I mean, that was special, and the the two that stand out would be that that one, but then also the uh, my rookie year, scoring the touchdown to to take it, the Cardinals to the uh, NFC Championship game against the Eagles. Hell yeah! Um, oh yeah! Crash. Just because it, it, you know, myself and Todd Haley was the offensive coordinator at the time, um, and him and I didn't always see eye to eye from, <laughs> um, you know, just for a lot of reasons, and I don't think he really, I wasn't his choice to to, to draft, and so there wasn't a lot of confidence there in me. Um, but for whatever reason, that drive, particular drive on third down, on fourth down, he kept giving me the ball. And then you got Anquan Bowen, you got Larry Fitzgerald, Steve Brush, and you got all of these Hall of Fame players, but yet he's giving this rookie out of Richmond. He's putting the, the, the fate of the season in this rookie's hands, mm-hmm. um, like time and time and time again. And I, I keep hearing this play call in the huddle. And, and I mean, my adrenaline is going even more because I'm like, okay, keep it coming, keep it coming. And uh, yeah. it's, it's what every young kid dreams of. You're, you're doing the countdown in the backyard. You're in the Super Bowl, whatever it is. And uh, you're calling your number. And uh, so it was just the adrenaline just leading up to it. And then finally getting a chance to score that touchdown. It was special to me. And, and I remember that moment after the game, him coming to me. Um, and it was weird seeing a grown man with tears in his eyes. A guy who uh, previously we didn't have much conversation. But he looked at me and he said, I trusted in you. I trusted you. And I don't normally trust people, but you proved me right. And I'll never forget that. And so for me, that was special um, to be able to have that kind of trust and deliver and know that how big of a moment that was. Uh, That was special. But then for a different reason, uh, the Willis need, I wasn't supposed to be in on that play. That was Mark Ingram's (laughs) play. (laughs) That was Mark Ingram's play. And and I would like to, I've talked to Mark about this. I, I would I would be lying to say if I've all, that I've always been a team player. I have not always been a team player. Um, and uh, I remember we, we installed that play in practice during the week. The coach specifically said, Tim, this play is for Mark. And um, <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with my hands? I can catch. Um, and, uh, and so I said, you know what? I'm going to be prepared anyway. And so uh, myself and Brandon Cooks, we stayed after practice all week working on over the over the shoulder catches over the shoulder catches and when it happened and Martin kind of goes down right before the play and I run on the field I know what the play call is as soon as I hear the formation I run I'm like if they don't want me and they're gonna have to burn a timeout um so I run on the field and it just executed to perfection but it, it just kind of it was special for me because it, it just showed me the power of preparation because I wasn't supposed to be in that play and I was told that I would never be in on that play. Wow. But because I prepared for that, the fact that it happened, I was prepared and it was executed well, that no matter what, outside of football, to always be prepared. So those were two kind of special moments um, for me personally. Uh, there are a lot of different moments with my teammates and different things like that. But those are two pretty special moments. Those are, yeah. those are awesome. God, talk about special moment. And I think if if our research is serving us correctly, that you – you are the first ever rookie on the Cardinals to ever score a touchdown in their first two games. Is that right? 
Yes, and, and until Mr. David Johnson broke it, I, I have the rookie single season uh, <laughs> so uh, cool, touchdown though. record. Yeah, God, that's a proud moment. So, so we we know a lot about your your moments on the field. Is there anything that we should be asking you, Tim, that we wouldn't think to ask you, like off the field or like any memories coming off the NFL that you would that that you recall that the type of stuff that we can't look up online or kind of troll the 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 old <laughs> tape. You know what? I, I will say I'm just thankful that social media wasn't invented. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my first, I mean, you know, Facebook was kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm just glad social media wasn't invented. Um, there was a time, I'll say this, I'll share this story. And it just shows you, I know a lot of stuff is, you know, guys, you, you, you know, the media is able to see everything real time and people are able to, are, um, form judgments of guys um, mm-hmm. with a split se- second in decision that if there was a camera following any of us, there all of us have decisions that we, you know, we're one decision away from, mm-hmm. you know, a different perception, right? Yeah, and right. Um, I remember coming back uh, my, my rookie year, and I don't know why I'm saying this, but you, you all asked. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it was right after the Super Bowl, and also our weekend was there in Arizona. Well, we, I had some friends out there in Arizona, and I remember I had gotten to a, 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 a disagreement with my girlfriend at the time, and it's my wife now, but and I remember <laughs> I was driving downtown to Scottsdale, Arizona, and there was no cars. There were, not, there were not a lot of cars on the road, but I'm flying. I'm clearly speeding. There's no reason I should be driving this fast. Mm-hmm. There's no reason I should be driving this fast. And... Um, but I, I didn't mean any trouble. I wasn't trying to get in trouble. I just was kind of, you know, in a different space. And right, right. a cop pulls out from behind me at a stoplight. And I just, for, I, I, Kate, I, I don't know what got into me, <laughs> but I clearly wasn't thinking, but I just took off. Like, I just got oh, gas no. pedal. And next thing I know, when I realized what I was doing, I'm like, man, if I get caught, I'm going to be all over ESPN. So I just, uh-huh. you know, the adrenaline's going. And I don't know how I got away. I, I pulled into a driveway and I just sat there for like 30 minutes, dark. Um, no in the kidding. dark and my heart's pumping because I'm sitting there thinking all I could think is if I get caught my I'm going to be all over the news and my oh, life's wow. going to be yep. changed yep. you know and I didn't mean any harm by it but it's just you know not having social media and just understanding man these guys are under mm. I mean you're under constant surveillance and one bad decision can just really change and uh, uh, your, your public image your reputation so I mean, there are plenty of crazy stories, but it's just um, it's just a matter of just, you know, uh, uh, just understanding that guys, man, they, they, they got a tall task ahead of them, you know, playing at a professional at a high level every single day. But then also making sure that they keep their, you know, a positive uh, public image. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because that's as important. Very important. So, so Tim, we talked a lot about, you know, football and, and your career, but um, we, we know that you're a dad. And so we're also just kind of curious, like, what has life been like, you know, post NFL? And what are some of the things that you're working on um, today, both, you know, obviously in your career and, and with your family? It, it's, you know what, it, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, because one, one part of it, you look at all the sacrifices that you made, if you can learn anything from your, you know, well, first of all, let me say, football does not translate to being a father. That's just <laughs> <laughs> all that toughness and all it, that that goes out the window, right? It's a different <laughs> skill set. Nobody cares how tough you are and how fast you can run a forty. You got to mm-hmm. care about, and they they want to know: Do you love them? Do you care for them? Are, they, are you going to be there for them? And so, first of all, making that adjustment that when you leave the football field, you know the skills that you needed during football, um, you don't always necessarily need, or you need them in a different way. So. It's been interesting and fun learning how to make that transition. Um, but the, the rewarding part is just knowing that, man, you know what? I, I, I fortunately didn't get in a lot of trouble. Um, I made some good decisions. I worked hard and I was able to form some good relationships. And so those positive things were, are, are positively impacting me and, and they'll impact my family forever. Um, and, you know, in Richmond, whether it's in Richmond or surrounding communities. Mm-hmm. And so it's good. You feel good about the sacrifices and the support that you've had over the years. Um, that, that, that's that been fun. So um, as far as what I'm working on now, as you mentioned early on, I'm very passionate about health and wellness. During my time away from football, you know, I, I fought hard to get back. I had a, a career threatening injury and 
one thing I learned is that when your health is compromised, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much status. It doesn't matter. All you mm -hmm. want is your health. And mm -hmm. so for me, I made a, I made a, a promise that I would invest in helping others on their wellness journey and, 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 and be the best that they can be. And then also, you know, the next level, uh, you, you know, young adults find living life with, with purpose, finding purpose and stuff like that. So whether it's speaking engagements, whether it's programs and camps, um, consulting with health and wellness companies, developing products and uh, programs and stuff like that. That's really what um, what I enjoy doing. And then definitely always talking, talking some ball and, and uh, you know, stuff like that as well. Yeah, I mean. I'm sure that all of that translate down translates to also to your children, right? So you have so many awesome words of wisdom and and I think that it's so important to your point to take care of your body and and focus on wellness. And obviously, you know we're we're two women now, full grown, but at one point we had very similar sentiments passed down to us from parents of our own. So I'm curious from your perspective, Tim, um, you have a the most adorable baby daughter, oh by the God. way. Oh my God, yeah, she's ridiculous. <laughs> she Ridiculously adorable. Such, such a cutie. And she looks like a dad, right? Oh my of course. God, 100%, 100%, but don't tell your wife. No, I'm just kidding. She looks, she looks like a model already. I don't she know really how it's does. possible to look like a model at such a young age, but she's oh, nailed man. it. She I is gorgeous. Watch out, dad. You're in trouble in, in 10 years. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but do you have any words of wisdom to the ladies out there, like who are, whether they're sports fans or not, but, you know, coming up in a world where, you know, trying to figure out our own way as women and with a young daughter, what, what kind of wisdom do you have for us? Man, that's, that, I appreciate, I really appreciate that question. Um, because having a daughter, I definitely have a different perspective on life. For real. I, I've heard that. It's so cliche, but I had to call my wife and apologize to my wife. Um, and this was, oh, wow. no, I'm, this was like months ago mm. because I was doing something and, and, um, I thought about my daughter one day, like, it's awesome talking to you all. Like you found something that you love to do and you're doing it regardless of what anybody thinks about you or their opinion. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about my daughter, but I remember when I first got into the NFL, if I can be transparent and my wife would be okay with this, but I remember I was, she was very into fashion and she was into uh, 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 just like, uh, uh, she wanted to, to be an image consultant and do different, different things mm -hmm. and work with athletes and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And I honestly, I felt uncomfortable with her. I knew that environment and guys can be very aggressive and being in guys' homes and different things. And I wasn't as supportive always of, of, of her goals. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly had to call her and apologize and say, who was it? How dare I um, not support any of your dreams when you supported mine for, for, mm -hmm. for forever? And, yeah. and it's, I committed my life to helping her fulfill her goals. And so like as a woman now, um, and I would tell my daughter, I think about it. I'm like, if, if there's a guy to, first of all, to know who you are and what you want, what's important to you, period. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that's important because if you're not doing, if you're doing things that are not true to who you are, um, at some point you'll get lost and you'll, you'll lose yourself. You'll lose your identity. Uh, you'll lose what matters to you the most. And so to a, to know that, but to be, to surround yourself with people who support that and believe in that um, and encourage you in your dreams and encourage you in things that matter to you, whatever causes matter to you, whatever work that matters to you. Um, because I think it, it's, it's so hard for women these days, if I'm being honest, the sacrifices that you all have to make, you got to make a decision of being strategic. When should I have a baby or not? If I'm in mm -hmm. the middle of my career or I'm trying oh, yeah. to plan it out or college, yeah. uh, you got to think about a relationship, right? Um, if, if you if you want to pursue a guy, um, should I move to be with him uh, and, you know, risk my change my job to be, you know, so there's all these sacrifices. Mm -hmm. So being true to who you are um, and then surrounding yourself with whether it's a guy or people who will support um, the, your growth and support your dreams and ambitions. That's so important to me. And so I know that was a little long winded, but that's no, what I would tell my daughter and encourage my daughter. And that's what. That's what I would share with any other uh, other lady. I love that. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it's it, it's exciting to catch you while you're uh, while you're you know kind of learning learning the roads of of having a daughter. So we appreciate those uh, those words of wisdom. And and I think uh, you know w as we said at the beginning, this you know this podcast is called 
draft queens. Yeah. So we got to know who's on your fantasy team this year. Who's on my fantasy team this year? Uh, <laughs> as far as players, as far as teams, players, who, who is, what position? Player, I don't know. Well, you, I don't particularly play fantasy football, but one thing, I, I, there are a few players who are, are sticking out, and I'm sure this is popular opinion. Yeah. Uh, um, right now, Lamar Jackson is he is oh, playing man. out of this world. Insane. Um, it, it's and you know good for him with with all the criticism that he's received head, uh, prior to. He's kept himself level headed. He he's never tried to. Uh, uh, he's done it the right way. And the thing that impressed me most is his leadership and mm-hmm. the, the, him developing his maturity on the field. Um, you see the intangibles. I mean, the skill set is, is the things that he does with his body and with that football in his hands is, is second to none. But the intangibles are what excite me about him because that's what gives him a chance. His coachability, his, the, the fact that his teammates believe in him, that gives him, that gives him long-term success even – when he's not able to run a four three, right? Um, it's those intangibles right, right. that give him that opportunity. Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I was a skeptic uh, coming of him coming out of him going first round. That dude has gotten better every every year. year. Yeah. Well, yep. we like to. I, I joke with my boyfriend all the time that he's a he's a fantasy cheat code. You're right. <laughs> he oh is. My goodness, You're right. Man. You're right. It, it's it's the guy is he is he is. It's rare to see a player develop and, and get that much better. I mean, you come, you already came in with high expectations being a first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. I'm, I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room. He's a white running back. Not, <laughs> you know, it's like, who takes a white running back in the first round? <laughs> I'm just being honest. But yep. this dude has exceeded expectations and has continued to get better. Um, and so it's, it's scary. Uh, he's a dual threat. Um, and I love seeing it. So uh, as far as teams, I'm pulling for my Saints, man. I want Drew to get... Mm. Um, I want Drew to get one. Uh, I, I love mm-hmm. the story of Ted, Teddy Bridgewater's comeback. Yep. Oh, I yeah. Drew, I, I want Drew and Sean Payton to, to get one. Um, and so those are the guys. Um, those are the guys that I'm watching uh, this year. Awesome. Well, we'll have to uh, – yeah, I mean, I, I would say the same, I think, between the two of us. Who can't pull for Drew Brees, first and foremost? And Teddy Bridgewater's story is just so incredible and – Thank God he's back for this season, even just on the team. It's a miracle. So, um, yeah, really important stuff. And and I guess we'll we'll have to follow along the rest of the season with you, Tim. Where can we? Where can our listeners for Draft Queens find you? Where can we follow along with you for health, wellness, football, all those things? Where are you at? Tim Hightower. Check me on Instagram, Tim Hightower, and and uh, I'm sure it's either going to be something sports, health. Uh, or one of one of these kids running around uh, <laughs> on the post. So here, here's what I got to ask you all. I got to ask you all Super Bowl predictions. Who's in the big game? AFC, NFC. Who you got? Well, unfortunately, and who's, and who's winning the MVP? Yeah, I, I, oh, that's really tough. Ooh, you might have talked about the MVP with with Lamar Jackson. I don't know. Lamar Jackson. Okay. Okay. You, potentially, I, I. You know, I was watching. I was. I was watching the the game last night, the Sunday night game, and. Uh, not to go back full circle, but the Cowboys are looking pretty damn good this year. Like oh, Dak, Dak looks good. You here know, I go. love that. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I think they look pretty good. Hey, Tim, I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. So my obvious answer could just be like the Patriots, but you know, I gotta like, I gotta think outside the Patriots box a little bit here. You must've took out that uh, Cowboy starter jersey. You must be wearing that right now. So. Oh, Tim, you better believe, I know exactly where it is. And I'm so glad we had this conversation so I can take it out. Like now I'm very excited. No doubt. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I hate to say that the Patriots are up there, but when are they not? Because they just are the most sound team. But I don't know. I have to pull for the Ravens somehow. I never. Ravens are looking good. What about KC? I mean, Mahomes is insane. I mean, I'm a Titans fan, so Uh, we just beat KC last night, and I'm feeling good. (laughs) That's true. Sorry, Pat. That's true. I mean, he's like he's looked good. I I feel for Russell Wilson out there on the West Coast. I guess Mm. we'll see how he looks tonight, but. For looking at MVP picture, he pulls the he pulls the rabbit out of his hat every yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I think my, my I'm gonna put my money today on the Ravens. Sorry, Michelle. Okay. I also think uh, the look. I always talk about the Patriots, but I just read a headline that like they're already asking Gronk to come back for like the home that. stretch. I so like, and they've been doing pretty damn good without him. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. What's your prediction? Where's your money on? Wow. Um, that's a great question. We just named 50 teams, my, so we really have to answer your question. Loyal, my loyalty wants me to go with the NFC coming out coming out of the NFC with the Saints. 
Yeah. Um, I do think uh, this is something about the way uh, Russell's leading that team this year. I, if it's not going to be New Orleans, I, I think I, I think uh, Seattle's coming out of the NFC. Um, I hope so. And then from the AFC, I, I love I love Lamar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the Ravens the way they're playing. I, I don't know if, if, if Pat Mahomes is going to be able to uh, get healthy enough this year to to uh, make a make a late season uh, push. So I got to go with the the Patriots in, against the uh, Seahawks. All right, uh, that's, I that's love my Super Bowl it. prediction. I love it. We're gonna have to have you back on the show, like right around Super Bowl, and see where we all netted out here. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Love it. I well, love it. Honestly, Tim, this has been such a blast chatting with you. Uh, I mean, uh, from from everything you've done, you know, sort of in your career, but also just chatting with you about, you know, off the field stuff and how to take care of yourself and your family. This has been really like an awesome kind of conversation. And I think a little bit of a different look, you know, from a pro athlete side of things. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk through this stuff with us. Oh, more. absolutely. Thank you for having me. I, pre- I appreciate you all. Keep, keep up the good work. I- I'll be I'll definitely be tuning in. I want to want to hear some more uh, conversations and, and some more uh, talk. Thanks, sounds Tim. sounds good. Thank awesome. you, Tim. All right, we'll catch you around playoff time. For sure. All right, Thanks, talk soon. Does anyone else feel lighter from <laughs> talking to Tim for forty minutes or so? Just love it. Thank you again to Tim for sitting down and chatting with us. It's been a hell of a week, guys. We couldn't have had a better guest on the show. We had a really quick roundup of everything you need to know, fantasy and beyond, and. As always, we love you guys. Go yeah. follow us on all of our social channels and come talk to us. Send us a uh, send us all your mailbag questions. Send us questions, concerns, high fives, whatever you want. Send rate them. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. There That'd be go. great. There That'd be go. great. But guys, as always, it's been a wonderful week. Go get them out there. No crystal ball, but you got this. You got it. Get it. Want you to see all of the lights.